Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledyard from FanRag Sports, along with Trevor Sycamore from PewterReport.com, where he covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's time, Trevor. Senior Bowl previews, draft season officially underway. Declarations are winding down. I think we have six, six, five or six days left for players to declare. Um, yep, yep. So the process is heating up, and we're starting to get the field is starting to be set. Uh, well, I'll do. I I will note this because I don't know if you saw because I knew you were running around all morning. I, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Tony Pauline posted a, a, a article that said the Clemson trio could all go back. Christian Wilkins, Austin Bryant, and Cleveland Farrell. And he said, I knew that I knew they all could go back. Yeah. But he thinks they all might go back. Yeah, he thinks they all might. He said he's heard Farrell is probably going back. So that's really noteworthy, especially for the Bucks. I feel like that would be, yeah. No, yeah. that's a that's a that's a really big impact on the top ten, especially because even if you didn't believe that Cleveland Farrell was necessarily a top ten type of edge rusher, the class isn't that that the class isn't that strong. So if right. you take his name out of it and you're in the top ten looking for a pass rusher, basically your only option at this point is Bradley Chubb, or maybe if you're a three fourteen that believes in Harold Landry. Because other than that. You got nothing. So that impacts not only the Bucks, but a lot of different teams because that forces if Farrell's not there, right, that might force some teams to really ru- to I don't I don't know about reach, but you know what I'm saying, right. over prioritize some of these pass rushers. It would be it, it'd be interesting on a couple different levels. Uh I wonder how high Farrell would be would be hearing from the committee if he ends up going back to school. Like I mean they maybe he likes Clemson, but I can't imagine they're giving him a top twenty grade if he's thinking about right. leaving. I would agree, yeah. And Christian Wilkins the same, you know, because Wilkins graduated. I'm, I'm like 99% sure Wilkins graduated in December. So he actually could play in the Senior Bowl, I think. That was a conversation that was being had was that he could be eligible for the Senior Bowl, but he may end up going back to school because he's technically, what, a, a, tr- a true junior, I think, uh, yeah, but, he, but he graduated. I thought he was a – yeah, no, I guess. Yeah. I think he's a true – because I think he played as a true freshman, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, you might be right. So I think he is a true – yeah, he's a true junior. And Austin Bryant, I would have no idea why he'd come out anyway unless he just wanted to do it with his friends because <laughs> no, <laughs> no, friends. no offense to hey, him. We're all going to the draft, guys. <laughs> hey, yeah, everybody's doing it. <laughs> but there was a talk that they might go back because Dexter Lawrence is supposed to be a really high pick next year and the four of them right. might all come out together because I guess they all are like best friends or something like that. So yeah, maybe Austin Bryant is – can you yeah. imagine the D-line turnover when all four of your starters declare for the draft? All four of them. But it's Clemson, so who even cares? <laughs> they had that happen with uh, Kevin Dodd and Jack Lawson and DJ Reader all came out the same year, right? And then they just replaced yeah, them with if, these guys. If all of these guys, <laughs> if all these guys stay another year and I'll go out at the same time, especially when you put Lawrence in that company, mm-hmm. I think this would be obviously an even bigger loss for yeah. them. You know, that's you're replacing all four guys? It's crazy. Right. That's nuts. Right. They're going to have tons of depth built up, though, and experience for those guys. That Clemson's a D-line factory, too, though. So we got to talk about. Man, man, but next year, though, oh, hold yeah. on. Sorry. I know, but, like, I'm just thinking ahead next year. If this happens, right. they're, they're going up against Nick Bosa and uh, Ed Oliver, who are coming out. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, so, yeah. Like, Not only those two, but, oh, man, there's – that Raekwon Davis is going to be – he's a sophomore right now. He'll be eligible right. next Raekwon year. Raekwon Davis is going to go too. Uh, there's other guys too. Well, Lawrence is already considered a top guy, but you're right. It's going to be it's going to be pretty loaded at the top. I'm trying to think who, what other names were out there. Um, but, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's you're definitely right. It's going to be it's going to be a heck of a class if those guys all come out together. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. could be really fun for to the 2019 draft. In terms of the 2018 one, 
This is an, we, we're doing our senior bowl previews. We're rolling through some of these names. Let's start with the interior defensive line. Probably one of the biggest names, if not the biggest name. Well, Baker Mayfield's the biggest name, I guess. But right now, as of the senior bowl accepted invitations, Maurice Hurst is, it's a pretty big deal that he's going to be at the senior bowl. Haven't heard anything about him dropping out. I think he has the, the look of a top 15, 20 pick at least, if not even higher than that, especially in this year's class. You like Maurice Hurst. I like Maurice Hurst. This is a guy I feel like we're just going to agree on the whole way with him. Uh, yeah, no, I, I got to look at Maurice Hurst's very first college football game of the season when he played Florida because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm a, I'm a Florida Gator guy, so I'm watching all these games. And they played against Michigan, and holy cow, I, like he was a terror. I, there's no other way to put it. He was abusing Florida's, Florida's offensive line. Mm-hmm. His get off, his strength, uh, how he could hold the point of attack. I mean, how he could collapse a pocket, but that's the thing. You know, if you want to be a top 15 interior defense player, You've got to be able to, to, to rush the passer. You've got to be able to collapse the pocket. And that is something that I didn't know Maurice Hurst was going to be able to do at the level that he has been able to do this year. And that's just been really surprising to me. And like I said, it jumped off to me the very first game that I saw him. And he's kind of continued it to be a stellar career. And, and we don't necessarily see a lot of these guys head to the Senior Bowl. These guys that are expected to be the top of their position, expected to go to the top part of the but of the uh, of the draft, but mm-hmm. it seems like that's what's going to happen with Maurice Hurst. And I'm I'm sure you know you you and I both agree. We think he's probably going to have a dominating three week three days of practice, right? Oh yeah, I mean he he everything about Hurst jumps off at you. Like his motor, and, his athleticism, his ability to change directions in space. He's explosive uh, in terms of traits. He plays great. Now I think that there's some little technique things. The pad level at times can be a little bit high but he's really strong even though he's only listed at like 285 I think he really is a strong uh, defensive tackle they asked him Michigan's defense probably asked guys to move gaps and penetrate and slant and things like that all the time so they played to his strengths I maybe his mental processing against various run schemes is a little bit underdeveloped as a result because he is just kind of going and firing gaps. But I think the NFL will want to play to those strengths too. And that, you know, that's a lot of what the NFL does. It was so many aggressive defensive fronts. That's a lot of what they do today too. So I think he's a great modern day fit. Um, I think he has legit pass rush moves. Not many interior guys you can say about that, say that about. And uh, I think that he, um, yeah, he, he's, he's projects really well. I mean, t- 24 and a half tackles for loss and 10 and a half sacks over the past two seasons. He, he's, definitely produced at that level so that you want to see from these guys then the second place spot is the spot that's really kind of up up for grabs you know who's going to be the number two okay. guy coming out of this sure. this uh, senior bowl group i think derek Nadi from florida state is a name that could i know you like him a lot i do as a run defender man he, i kind of compared him to michael pierce a little bit for the ravens both kind of shorter, but not he's not as heavy as Pierce. And I think he moves a, maybe a little bit better, so maybe a little better chance that he'll be impactful as a pass rusher. But Naughty, you just don't move Naughty. I mean, you just don't. He's he's just a pillar in the middle of the defense. He's low, he's leveraged. His technique, his hand placement, his power. I mean, this guy harnesses crazy power in his punch. Um, I'm a big fan of what Naughty does. The thing that he'll need to show in the senior bowl, can he rush the passer? And that's true for a lot of these interior guys. Can they rush the passer? I think that's the really the unknown part about Naughty's game because I didn't see it a lot on tape. Yeah, that's something that you know we, we got to talk about as we go over each one of these guys. And I know you, you think that Naughty's definitely an anchor type of player, but do you see? You know, we were at the Senior Bowl last year, mm-hmm. and so we we remember. And I know you know the coaching staffs a little bit different. There's certain types of drills that they go over, but do you think there's going to be enough? there for Nadi to be able to prove himself like as a pass rusher like because we 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 could talk about the theoretics right he's like oh well 
he needs to go into this week and 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 prove he is a better pass rusher. But where that's true, obviously that's something we'd like to see from him. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to get enough opportunity? Is what I'm saying. Do you think that, that they, yeah. you know, looking back last year over some of the drills that we got to watch from them, some of the one on ones or whatever you would see, did they provide guys like, for example, you know, like Dalvin Tomlinson's another guy and, and a couple of other interior defensive linemen guy. Did, do you think they provided them the opportunity to be able to show that for themselves? I think the best position to evaluate at the senior bowl is offensive line and defensive line play because those guys go live. You know, you can't have any practice without those guys going live. You know what I mean? Like it's it's full contact up front. You know, not sure. on the running backs and the safeties and the DBs when they get to the point where they're going to tackle, you don't have full contact. But those guys are full contact all the time. And, you know, it's kind of similar. Ter- I mean, the terminology may vary, but the concepts are going to, you know, they're all going to be the same. How can these guys execute? They're going to run some zone. I bet they're going to run some gap. I bet they're going to run some different fronts. How do guys look in those different roles? Sure. But ideally what you're looking you're looking for technique you're looking for hand placement you're looking for leverage and pad level um you know you're looking for pass rush moves for offensive linemen you're looking at pass sets of footwork explosiveness out of the stance ability to communicate pass off twists things like that you know i think all that stuff is so good so i think yes i think that the interior the the offensive line and the defensive line play are going to be more telling than any other position group at the senior bowl and so because of that i think naughty will have a chance plus he'll have one-on-ones and one-on-ones are nice to be just to be able to show you have moves yeah everybody knows that it's a little bit easier for defensive players to win one-on-ones uh you know than than offensive players and than the offensive linemen but i still think to be able to show moves execute a lot of times you'll see guy try one move and then can he move to a counter really quickly you know can he string moves together and in those situations it is easier to think through move combinations than it is in a game but i think that's what you want to see from naughty is he able to win in those ways um and that's really not just naughty Justin Jones from NC State and B.J. Hill from NC State are two very interesting players. I really was impressed with B.J. Hill's tape. He gave Clemson a tough time on the interior offensive line. I like this kid, and I think he could rise up boards. He has that prototypical size. He's like 6'4", 300 pounds, 310 pounds, right in that range, but he moves well. He's he's really competitive. I, he's, I think he's listed 6'3", 315, actually. Um, but long arms, big boy. Yeah, he's big, but he carries it really well. Like there's not any sloppy weight on him. The thing he doesn't have on tape that I don't see, I just, he doesn't have many pass rush moves. And Justin Jones has a quick first step at times, but again, I got to see a got to see a pass rush game from him. Like, is he, he looks like a sub package player, uh, an interior rusher in sub packages, but his hands got to get a lot more detailed. Things like that got to be a lot better for him. I know one guy that people are really looking forward to seeing that I also want to see a pass rush plan for is Harrison Phillips from Stanford. He's an undersized interior defensive lineman. He needs to show some pass rush moves. So all those guys are kind of have the same thing to prove in some ways. I like some more than others. I wasn't wowed by Harrison Phillips tape. He is a hustler, no question. He got reached on zone schemes way too often. He got caught up in a gap behind, and I got concerned about him a little bit in that regard. You know, does he have the block recognition and the agility to kind of stick with those blocks as they're moving laterally and keep his gap? That's where I'm worried about with Harrison Phillips, so what I want to see from him. Deshaun Hand from Alabama, big profile coming out of high school. I know right, you've heard about right. him. I've heard about him. Yeah. Has he done anything for you on tape though? Since he's, I know he plays a lot. He played a lot this year. I, I mean, just, but he didn't even like he didn't even play until this year, right? He I played mean, a little been, bit last year, but I mean, it was up I, and down. I, I I remember hearing about him when he was coming in as a freshman because he was choosing between Florida and mm. Alabama, and so that's why he was kind of on my radar. I don't follow recruiting a ton. But, you know, anytime it involves Florida, I'll kind of recognize the guy's name. I'll he was one of the top bit. guys in the country, I think. 
High school Correct. Ones. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, he was extremely highly regarded. And so he ends up going to Alabama and he kind of sits behind, you know, as expected with, with the NFL talent factory that is yeah. the Alabama Crimson Tide. You sit your first year, but then he kind of sat a lot more than I thought he would his second year. And then he's sitting again more his third year. And I just, I haven't seen a ton from him. And even though I think that he is a solid player, now I haven't put him under the microscope yet. So this is a lot of the live stuff that I'm watching. Every time I watch an Alabama game, you know, hands on the field, and I'm more impressed with Payne and Davis, you know? So it's like, how do you weigh that knowing how talented Alabama is and how good, you know, how freakish Payne and Davis are, you're weighing them next to Deshaun Hand, and Deshaun Hand might actually be a pretty good player. He's just getting swallowed up in the hype by these two other guys. But then again, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't see a lot from Deshaun Hand. Deshaun Hand just simply was not producing the way these other guys were. He wasn't giving you some of those fat flash pass rush plays, those yeah. like monster run stopping, but he just wasn't. So even right. though he was on the field a little bit during this last year that he's had, and he's going to be at the Senior Bowl, so we're going to get a better look at him against a different competition next to d- different defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see a lot of flash from him like every, you know, like I'm used to with a lot of these other Bama guys. What What's going to happen? NFL teams are going to look at Deshaun Hand like recruiters did at high school, and they're going to salivate. He's big. He's long. Sure, yeah, he's built. Yeah. He's, he's 288 pounds. Not a lot of bad weight from what I saw. You know, he, I mean, he just is a – he looks the part, no question. Uh, yeah, he's but, a big, but like how how high do you take him? Yeah, you know? dude. And because I'm not going to lie to you, I like fell asleep watching this tape. I mean, he, he just does everything so slow. You know, he's just when you're not when you're a defensive lineman, you have to at least be able to vary pace a little bit. So, you know, slow play him, then speed it up real quick. You know, hit a stutter step, swipe the hand, something like that hands all his movements are just kind of like slow motion you know he takes his first steps really underdeveloped because Alabama does so many pocket contained you know ball or tackle read type situations when the lineman moves you move and react to his movements rather than just looking at the ball and taking off so they do a lot of things like that and I get that but man it's just like it's the same thing with Sean Robinson like Alabama, I don't really get the feel, and this isn't a criticism of Alabama. It's obviously worked really well for them, but they don't really work pass rush moves or pass rush development a whole lot. I think it's one of the, especially for their defensive front players. Like they just, that's one of the reasons why Rashawn Evans still plays on the edge and Amfreddy Jennings and all these guys is because they're just speed rush people. You know, that's what they put him there for. Right, right. That's that's the Alabama thing. You know, you get Tim Williams, you get Ryan Anderson, you get. You know, like you get the speed guys on the edge, and you mm-hmm. just let them lose. And that's why I think Hand he played on the edge some for Alabama. He, he would play in t- t- inside on in certain packages, bare fronts and stuff. You'd see him kick to three technique at times. But my biggest question with Hand is where does he play? Because you're not going to be an NFL edge. He doesn't have the explosiveness to be an NFL edge defender in in most packages at 288 pounds. And, and, and not that he'll get bodied or anything. He just doesn't have. He doesn't have the explosiveness to play on the outside. Does he have the size? I think he's long enough and powerful enough to play on the inside. I think he'll be fine against the run situationally. Uh, He can be a rotational player in there. But what you would love somebody like Hand to be able to do is give you an interior pass rush on long and late downs. Sure. I don't don't think he can do that. He He doesn't show any moves at all on tape. I think he had like, he had a handful of sacks in his career, but it was almost all cleanup stuff, you know, where, you know, unblocked type things. And, you know, he just doesn't really win 1v1. So. He's got a lot to prove, I think. Andrew Brown's kind of like from Virginia is a different version of Hand. Um, built kind of similarly, but way more frenetic pace. So, like, Hand is like slow motion. Brown is like 
losing his marbles out on the field, like just fighting everybody. But (laughs) (laughs) you'd love his tape. His pad level's too high. His techniques all over the place. He'll like be he'll be a second late off the ball, and then he'll shoot a gap the next play. Like you never know what you're getting. But he's great. I think he wastes a ton of energy. And uh, but I think that I I like that more though. You know, in in terms of being able to mold somebody to do something. he and, and honestly, the Fort Hayes State kid, the last kid we really have to talk about in the interior defensive line, Nathan Shepard, is pretty similar. Um, but it's kind of more impressive. Like a Fort Hayes State kid, I don't know anybody from Fort Hayes State. Maybe there's somebody in the NFL that I didn't know is from there. But I, I, don't, I don't know anything about the school or whatever. But Shepard is really interesting because um, he's 6'4", 300 pounds, according to NFL Draft Scout. I don't know if he's quite that tall, but I'm fine with that. You know, he, he has a – dude, he is like – a slab of muscle like he's he's built he looks more like justin jones i think from nc state just like really rocked up not any bad weight but also just completely crazy as a player like i mean he got in like three fights i was watching him against like southern missouri or something he got in like three scraps with offensive linemen because they were like holding his jersey um i mean he's just his hands are just crazy but he doesn't like do anything he needs the details work a lot um but right now I think he's very intriguing because he moves really well and he can definitely run and he's very physical. And I think coaches are going to love that pad level technique, probably block recognition needs some work. He's crazy. But um, those guys are going to make an impression because they're going to be high. They're going to be, it was like uh, Tano Passigno last year. Remember how mm. aggressive and he was just very aggressive and explosive and fast and everything that he did. And you know, at that yeah. pace that coaches love to see guys who just go out there and kind of seize the moment and, and take over like that. So I think those guys. Do you a think that Tano had a good senior bowl? I thought he did. Yeah, I think he did. I mean, I was not high on Tano, and I was pretty open okay. about that. But I thought he did about all he could at the senior bowl for himself. I thought he, yeah. I, I mean, he walked out on stage during the weigh-ins, and you were like, "Holy moly!" You know, I mean, he's got those freakishly yeah. long arms. He's jacked beyond belief. And weigh-ins, so, yeah, I mean, weirdest part of the senior bowl. Oh, we're gonna no do question. a podcast on weigh-ins, weigh-in winners and losers from the senior bowl who looked okay. good on the hoof. No, I mean, like, I, uh, yeah, I'm all about judging aesthetics, so sure. I mean, yeah. like, I could do it. It's oh, just yeah. the strangest part, man. It's oh, yeah. just a weird, weird concept. I, really I, weird. It is. It's very weird, but I actually find it to be a, a, one of the fun parts. Part of oh, it's no, the reaction like, it of people around you. Like, yeah, the reaction like how, of people how, are like, how oh, my guy, gosh. How a, carries, how a guy carries his weight and, like, all that kinds of stuff, no, that that means a lot, too. So, like, yeah. it's, it, I mean, like, it's worth seeing i but it's just it's still our boy brandon thorne our, our boy brandon thorne over at fan right sports too he wrote this huge article one time one of the years i think it was two years ago about like he could tell from the way that these guys because he's a physical therapy and like uh whatever muscle development type major and stuff like yeah. that but he could like tell from the way that they walked and like the way that they looked out on the stage like different flexibility issues that they might have and so it was pretty cool wow um, yeah Okay, the edge guys, real quick, because uh, we we're about 19 minutes in now, so we're doing all right. But um, the edge guys, uh, there's a there's a long group. There's nobody that I'm crazy about though, and that was different. Double O seven though. I like Double O seven, but I had some concerns getting back into his tape. I know who. Okay, so who you know kind of know the edge group and know who the top guys are at least. Who's your favorite guy going into Mobile? Um, I mean, mine's Okoronkwo, right? I mean, am I forgetting yeah. somebody? Because I think unless you like Harold Landry, I know some people like Harold Landry more. No, yeah, I, okay. So I'll say that, like, I I think I'm the most excited to see Okoronkwo. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I'm obviously the most intrigued with Harold Landry because Landry had such a good year 
last year. Mm-hmm. And then it was like this year, I, I know that he was hurt. I know he didn't play yep. as many games and I, I, I get that. But um, even so, I, I, I watched some of his tape last year and he was just blowing through like even like double teams, man. I saw him like firing off the line of scrimmage. And I thought that um, he showed some serious flashes last year. And then this year I, I've watched a couple of his games again, like a lot of these guys, I haven't totally put them under the microscope yet since uh season just ended, but didn't really either see the same thing or maybe he was just like out thinking what he was doing and he wasn't going as all out as he was before. Maybe he like, wasn't it. Cause it just looked in 2016. Like the dude was just like unchained from something, you know, mm-hmm. like he was going crazy. Uh, and this year I just didn't, I didn't get that same vibe. I didn't get that same energy. So, yeah. um, I'm intrigued to see him because he has had the same, he has obviously had the production. Like he's been the production guy. So yeah. he's the guy I'm, I, I'm most intrigued to see for sure. I think most people were on this, this plane with Harold Landry. Most people thought he went back to school. He'll be a top 10 pick. That was kind of the talk, right? When last year, when you decided to go back. Sure. Yeah. Like, hey, he'll be a top 10 pick. production. Yeah. I kind of thought going into the draft when I thought he was going to declare last year, I thought, I, th- I I had him. I graded him. I, I I think I even wrote wrote something up for him for when I was over at Inside the Pylon um, that I had him as a late first, early second round range. I think was where I put him. Um, mm-hmm. And I wasn't done with his evaluation, but that was at least three or four games in because I wouldn't write him unless I'd seen that many. So I was at least three or four games in, and I thought that went back and watched him more the summer. I came away thinking he's probably a guy that's a second round type of pick, maybe late first round. You know, and I don't know where the NFL is going to fall on him, but again. 2017 tape wasn't great. This is all based on 2016 tape. You know, 2017, yeah. I, I get he was hurt this season. I get he wasn't the same player. You're right. He didn't play with the same energy. That was obvious. But here's my thing. If Harold Landry is Vic Beasley, who he gets comp to the most, I don't think he's as explosive or quite as bendy as Vic Beasley. No, Vic Beasley's a freak. Right. But like, Vic Beasley like, has a hard time that, winning you know? 1v1 in the NFL. He, like, who did? Vic Beasley does. I mean, I know sure. he had a, he had a great season a couple of years ago, but like in that season, he had probably had like five or six cleanup sacks where he's just chasing down quarterbacks that are rolling out that don't get rid of the football. Because sure. I remember I chart these sacks, and then he had like he had like three sacks against uh, who was that bum for for Denver? Um, Ty Sembrello. <laughs> he's with the, he's with Atlanta now, I think. Uh, but he beat him like four Called times him a in bum, that game, right on the <laughs> podcast. Man. He, he beat him four times, and he beat. Uh, haven't seen who gave up like two sacks the other day when the Rams and Falcons played. He beat him twice or no, he beat him like three times in that game. So that's how like, you know, that's why I think like it's important to take the context of the, of the, of the production for Vic Beasley. And that's why I think it's important to do that too with Harold Landry. He only wins one way as a pass rusher. She's a speed bend pass rusher, which is awesome. But, but that's, that's the most coveted thing. It is. You're right. That's the most coveted thing. But should because it be? Not, because not like, Humans are not normally designed to bend the way that speed rushers are. Very true. So if you find one, then even if there's inconsistencies with, you're you're probably going to put up with it and maybe even overdraft it a little bit, hoping that you can get that play just a couple of times a games even, yeah. and it might make the difference. So that's, I think probably, right. that's probably I mean, what's working working in favor for Landry. Yep. I mean, there's no question. Landry has speed and bend. Does he have it at elite levels and can he develop a counter move like to get back inside? If he got to the top of the arc and he didn't win the edge, that was it. He just sat on the block almost all the time. You know, he hardly ever worked counter moves. He does not a power rusher. So he doesn't give you a whole lot of options if you if you have just one move like that. And I think some guys don't ever develop anything off of it. I think Landry can. So in other words, 
I am more, like you said, I think, I'm more intrigued with Landry than anybody else. I think he's a higher ceiling than anybody else that'll be in Mobile. But I'm also sure. intrigued with Akaronquo. Works from a two-point stance most of the time. I like to see him in a three-point stance, but I don't. I know he won't play there a whole lot. So I, but I just want to measure what's his explosiveness. Because, again, a lot of time, I mean, he dropped into coverage and, and you know stuff like that more often than he just took off and attacked the quarterback. So a good inside moves with Akaronquo, but that's, again, his go-to, his inside moves. You know, he sets you up with a stutter step. He tries to swim you against Ohio State. Everybody remembers, right? He made like two sacks and or had two splash plays in that game, right? Against yep. uh, one of them was against Jamarco Jones late. I think he drew a hold on a big play for Ohio State, but that doesn't show you how many times in that game he tried to go stutter step inside swim move and Jamarco Jones rode him down the line and like carried him five yards downfield like a small child. So that's where Akaronko gets in trouble. I think is that. Man, he is just so in love with the inside move, and like you have to have more off it. Like Leonard Floyd, he loved the inside move. He's had trouble winning 1v1 in the NFL because that's all he really does. So I got to see Akaronko do more things, I think, is where I'm at with him. Those are the two big names probably that are going to be there, but there's other guys that are intriguing. Marcus Davenport from UTSA. This guy's sure. long, but drops his pad level better than you think. Um, and he's got, got, a some, of, got a lot of good stats, too. He does, yeah. He's put up some good production, 17 and a half tackles for loss this year, eight sacks, I think. So he's he's put up some good – he's done some good things. Uh, I think that he's still got a ways to go, but I like some of the hand usage he flashes at times. He worked from a two-point stance almost all the time at, at a UTSA. Really weird. He's like two – 80 probably and and like six seven six six but he can run too um i don't think he's explosive that's that's my big concern with davenport can he be explosive uh my big concern with nuosu you've seen nuosu right from usc a yes. little bit of him hustle guy out the window so teams are gonna love that right I think he can run right. but i don't think he has any pass rush moves i think that's the big concern with him it's the big concern with some of these other guys too I was thinking with like Gustin too when I was watching him. Yeah. I was I was just watching the USC guys, man. It was a lot of, a lot of effort stuff, and you like it. It's cool. It's good to see the motor, but I mean, you got to show something. You know, you you can't, you can't just be going straight into offensive linemen all the time. Like right. you might, you might catch him off balance one time. You might bull rush him. You might out effort him a couple of times. But mm. like, come on, man. You gotta, you gotta do something a little bit more. Right, and I think that's what Nwosu, 6'1", 240, he's going to get looks off the ball. Let's just address that. Okoronko is going to get looks off the ball. Nwosu is going to get looks off the ball. Um, Who else? Garrett Dooley from Wisconsin may get looks off the ball. Fred Warner from BYU, one of the weirdest players in this class, okay? If you get the chance before the Senior Bowl, put Fred Warner's tape on. He might be a safety. I know that sounds ridiculous, (laughs) but I I don't know where you I don't know what you do with Fred Warner, but man, you talk about a guy who's gonna win the weigh in. Dude looks incredible on the hoof. I mean, he he's he's about uh, let me look. I had his size written down here, but he is like two hundred and thirty pounds, six two, two hundred and thirty pounds, but he is fluid, fast, long, lean, great okay. muscle definition. He looks terrific in the uniform, right? He's just not that physical. He runs around like crazy and doesn't touch anybody. Right. So I'm okay, like, so he and he and Marquise Haynes are playing linebacker yep. or safety. Probably both of them are undersized pass rushers. Now Warner doesn't even really rush the passer. I actually don't even know if I have him in the right category. Maybe we should be talking about as a linebacker on tape. He's like a, a three-four edge, but he never rushed right. the passer. He's right. like Tyus yeah. Bowser. He's Tyus Bowser from but, last but, year. I mean, but I mean, like it makes it, having these guys can be like one of these like little X factor kind of guys where yep. if you're a three-four team. Obviously, the NFL today's age, you're playing 60% nickel anyways. 
So if you've got a 3-4 base and this guy is possibly listed as one of your quote-unquote linebackers yep. and he's a guy that could possibly go in man coverage or go in short yardage uh, zone coverage yep. if you know you need him to, then then this is a guy who instead of, you know, like we saw this kind of stuff with Jabril Peppers, the, the, the debate comes up with Derwin James, blah, blah, blah. They're these, they're these safety p- prospects that play up towards the line of scrimmage, that blitz, that do all this kinds of weird stuff. It's only awkward if you coach it to be awkward. Like if you sure. can, if you can somehow, and I know you can't really, you can't exactly like reinvent the wheel with the game of football. Um, but I do think that as the game is changing a little bit and we're getting faster on offense and defenses are having to adjust as a result, I do think that we are getting some of these newer, more hybrid positions that can come up, especially when teams are looking to stay in somewhat yep. of a base and yet covering a nickel and blah, blah, blah. So th- I don't know. Maybe Warner's a guy who, I, who I agree. creates his own position. Yes, you know? I think that you are you might be right. He, he could be like that hybrid linebacker, safety, dime guy. He's, he's not a line of scrimmage player, man. I just can't. You have to be physical if you're a line of scrimmage. Like, you have to be. Yeah, yeah I just don't see that with him. You know, I so I – I don't think he's a line of scrimmage player, but maybe he's a, a, a over because he played like the slot overhang role and was in coverage all the time. And he he's going to move great. He's going to move great. What I want to see him and honestly, the rest of these guys, I want to see pass rush moves. Fred Warner, just show me you can cover, man. Show me you can cover. Show me you can cover and man against running back tight ends when they flex out. Uh, we saw linebackers get exposed in that way. I mean, last year's linebacker group was really unathletic, but uh, we saw him get exposed in that that way last year. But I want to see Warner shine in the, that regard. He. That he's got to be able to cover and run. That's the biggest thing for him. Because somebody's going to be like, "Oh my gosh, this guy looks so good. We're taking him," um, you know. And so I, most BYU guys are pretty squeaky clean, clean off the field as well. So he'll probably have that going for him and interview well and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see how it goes. But I mean, he, he's he's a fun football player to watch just from the way that he moves. But again, I want to see more of an impact, snap to snap. Um, Jalen Holmes, Tyquan Lewis. I, they don't do much for me, honestly. Davin Bellamy, like I got all those guys. Some of them, like Holmes, looks good. Lewis is just, I don't know if Lewis and Ballamy have the athleticism. Holmes is just not explosive to me. Those are all guys that I think are like more day three range that got to show something. Um, I think you're right about Marquis Haynes. Two intriguing guys for me at least, and you you saw me if you feel like. But the three guys that I'm probably most intrigued by that I'm not sure where their range is right now, Kamoko Ture from Rutgers. He's like 6'5", has legit hands. How explosive is he? Um, he's pretty bendy for a guy that tall. But he's also like a little stiff laterally. I, I, I really want to see him up close because Rutgers didn't always use him right, and I got to get a good close look at him. Duke Edgefor. I had to look up how to say his last name because I knew you were going to laugh at me. Duke, I still am. Don't Duke, worry. Duke. I, I know I know what happened before we hit record on the podcast when <laughs> you were trying to say his name. So Duke Edgefor, Um he, he is not explosive or sudden whatsoever. But he plays with a really low pad level, long arms, rips, clubs, swats. He does all that stuff as a pass rusher, you know. So I love his moves. I don't love his traits right now. So it's kind of like the opposite with him with some of these other guys. Um, but I think he could have a good week here, and I think he could solidify himself as a day two guy. Um, Kylie Fitz from Utah. It's been hurt a lot. This guy's super intriguing to me. Energizer Bunny explosive off the ball and he is violent with his hands he has a little cross chop rip combo and his motor's great he's a pretty good run defender he looks really stout on tape he's had a lot of injuries the last couple of years though that's gonna hurt his stock i know um but what i saw of him this past year i really liked he's just not i don't think he's a great bend flexibility athlete but if you've got takeoff and you've got moves i think you've got something as a player so i'm those are the three i'm probably most excited to see 
uh, there of the of the middle tier guys, maybe. So, All right, there we go. There's your edge group. There it is. Oh, by the way, we should have interrupted this uh, regularly scheduled uh, program to tell you Josh Allen has accepted his invitation to the Senior Bowl. Finally happened right before we hit record. I think. That's good. That's yeah. good, man. He needs to do it, and I'm glad that we get to be in front of him because it's you know. This is your the, thir- is this your third year or second year? The second year at the Senior Bowl. Second year. This is my second okay. year at the Senior Bowl. This is my third year, and it will be by far the best quarterback group that's been there. So I'm excited about that part of it. Should be yep. very fun to evaluate. There will be tons of takes from this year's Senior Bowl. Hope everybody stays in it. Keep your fingers crossed. We got to keep these guys in the Senior Bowl and not any late dropouts. We're about. 12 days away here, less than two weeks now. Real excited yep. for it. We'll be back tomorrow. we got more Senior Bowl previews coming up throughout the rest of the week uh, and, and then in through next week as well as Shrine Game updates because Trevor's going to be there. So make sure, as always, you keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.